0: Blind Living Radio is brought to you by HP ink and toner cartridges. Precision engineered to work together with your HP printer.
1: Industries for the Blind presents Blind Living Radio, where you'll hear interesting topics, fun stories, and important news about our blind and visually impaired community. It's time now for Blind Living Radio. You're listening to Blind Living Radio, blindlivingradio.com.
0: Hello, everybody. You are listening to Blind Living Radio. My name is Danielle Crapo in the studio with Harley Thomas. Hey, Harley.
2: Hello, Danielle. Welcome to the HP studio.
0: Yeah, it's good to be here.
2: You know, HP supplies ink and toner. Sure do. That was a shameless plug, wasn't it? It, You know what, though?
0: But it's worth mentioning.
2: And you know what? We're in a cozy studio today.
0: Yeah, we've got a full house.
2: We have a full house. It's you, Danielle Crapo, host. Yes. Myself as co-host. We have Mr. Steve Heeson joining us live. Hey, Harley. How are you doing? Good, Steve. Yourself? Great. Good to be back. It's nice to have you back. We're going to talk about something near and dear to your heart today, too. And we also have Katie the Wonder Dog.
0: Yes. Oh, we can't call her Wonder Dog. We can't? No. No.
2: We haven't introduced her yet to our listeners either, have we?
0: Katie. Listeners.
2: Katie, say hello. Katie is Danielle's new guide dog.
0: Yeah. She's a golden retriever, for anybody who wants to know, and she's super pretty.
2: Super pretty and works super well.
0: She does. She does. We'll talk about that actually a little bit later in the show.
2: She gives you all sorts of mobility and, and f- other cool stuff. And freedom. Freedom. And shedding. And shedding. <laughs> of course, shedding. <laughs> you know, shedding's kind of the one downside to it all. But we're going to talk to Steve because we really want to hear what Steve did back in... April? April. Right, Steve? Because yeah. yep. in April, you and Danielle made a little trip.
3: Yes, we did. Along with uh, CJ and Cindy Pinkley. We had a show about public policy back in March. And since then, we took another trip to Capitol Hill for the 2015 NIB-NAEPB Public Policy Forum, which was a major success once again.
0: And I thought when you said that we were going to talk about April, it was because Steve's baby was born.
2: Oh, another blind advocate. Ah, the latest advocate there in a go. long line.
0: Speaking of so. advocates... Today, we also will be joined on the phone by Tony Stevens from National Industries for the Blind, and he is the public policy and advocacy manager for them.
2: So you three, Tony, you, Danielle, and Steve, spent your time on Capitol Hill talking to legislators about issues that are important to the blind. I know we'll get into it more when we get Tony on the phone.
0: Yeah, we did. There were actually a bunch of us from all different NIB agencies.
2: It's a big deal.
0: Huge deal. It's
2: a huge deal. I got to
0: buy a new suit for it. (laughs)
2: you love shopping (laughs) well why don't we without further delay get tony on the phone
0: sounds good
4: policy this
0: is Tony. hey tony it's danielle with blind living radio
4: hi danielle
0: how are you
2: i am well thank you how are you
0: i am great i am in the studio today with steve heason and harley thomas say hello boys
2: Hey Tony. Hello Tony. Hello gentlemen.
0: So Tony, we were wanting to share with our listeners a little bit about public policy and the role that NIB and NIB affiliated agencies play on Capitol mm-hmm. Hill. So can you tell our listeners what you do at NIB?
4: Sure. So I manage public policy and advocacy for the organization that, that has several components to it. Uh, the first and, and most most thought of here in Washington is working with Capitol Hill, with the congressional offices, members of Congress, but mostly their staff, on a number of issues that impacts the Ability One program, National Issues for the Blind, but also two larger disability related issues. So I'm also part of a couple of coalitions here inside what we call the Beltway, which is the perimeter around DC. And those are consisting of a wide range of disability organizations, from consumer groups like ACB and to larger service providers like uh, the ARC or Easter Seals and other groups. And we all get together and try to build coalition support on a number of issues impacting people with disabilities. And then I also run what's called our Advocates program, which is a program that takes employees from our 94 nonprofit agencies around the country and trains them on best practices for grassroots advocacy, and we leverage that with additional grassroots work we do with our nonprofits to try to build support around issues impacting people who are blind around the country on, on various levels of grassroots.
0: You are a busy guy. It's it's good
4: busy. It's a good
2: busy. It sounds so, yeah. like a really good busy, and I know Steve has been one of the advocates. I know Steve has been through different kinds of training and spends a lot of time In his weekly routine.
3: Yeah, actually I started, my first public policy forum was in 2005, and this year I have had the uh, privilege to enter into the Advocates for Leadership and Employment program, first of two years. Uh, This is the third group, and I'm really honored to be part of it. Uh, It was a real pleasure to meet other people from across the country and get started with the training and to to learn how to better advocate for important issues regarding employment in the blind community.
0: So, Tony, can you give us a recap of the issues that were brought to Capitol Hill this year?
4: Sure, yeah. We focus every year on several issues, two or three issues a year, that are kind of the dominant issues that we feel collectively as a group we face that are on the certain hot hot plate, I guess, at, at any given time. In addition to the issues that each agency might bring up if an, you know, an agency has a, an issue or concern of their own, but the three this year that we focused on, one dealt with compliance issues around ability one and the purchase of the products and the goods and services that our agencies produce to employ people who are blind. So, particularly, uh, we were focused on the General Services Administration, which is called GSA. And they are sort of the, uh, they're kind of the everything from the supplier of the products and goods and services to they kind of manage the back end of how government works in the sense of the behind the scenes. So, They'll you know also handle i t and buildings and all these different things for the government, so one of the concerns we've had is some issues around uh, you know the the non compliance issue where not necessarily at ill intent at all in anything but uh, where folks for a variety of reasons are are not leveraging the ability one program as the products and services they need so we're, we're hopeful that, uh, you know, our outreach can can engage folks on that issue. The other two issues we looked at, one was around uh, what's called the National Defense uh, Authorization Act, or NDAA, which is the spending bill for defense. And within that, there's a lot of support programs for the military. And one of those we feel is very important is the commissary program, not only because it employs a couple hundred people who are blind around the country, because some of our agencies make products specifically that are sold on commissary shelves around the country, over 200 commissaries around, not just the country, but actually the world. But we're part of a larger coalition called Save Our Benefits Coalition, which is um, everyone from the, you know, the Military Families Association and and uh, a lot of other groups that, that are working to try to save the commissaries. So because currently because of the fiscal austerity, they're threatened to have uh, significant budget reductions, and we feel that that will really create a negative impact for the men and women in uniform and for their families and retired military veterans as well who rely on the commissaries for the a, a really strong reduced discount in their shopping and finally the third necessarily wasn't an issue we're focused on but uh, we're trying to find ways to talk in the conversation around social security disability insurance reform so that's ssdi which is oftentimes if someone goes blind and they've been working for a while, um, you know, if they're out of work, after they lose their sight, they, they rely a lot on the SSDI benefit. And that's facing uh, a depletion in their trust fund at the end of 2016 or maybe first month of 2017 that would ultimately create a 20% cut in benefits. So we're, we're working at, at framing conversations around the debate of SSDI reform in a way that we hope that whatever reform comes out of this over the next year and a half, it will be one that focuses on uh, sort of an incentive-driven reform because we have a lot of concerns as a blindness community over some ways that SSDI operates, particularly what's called the cash cliff, where when you start working and you reach a certain dollar amount, you can lose your benefits just like like a hatchet just cuts it off and you lose everything. So
2: and That makes it hard we're to we're get pushing. people to want to work, doesn't it?
4: It does. It's a big disincentive, unfortunately, for folks, not just to work, but, you know, you might slide in a few hours a week and then find out, okay, this is a good job. I can do this more. And, but it, it captures your opportunity for growth at a pretty low rate that keeps you still in poverty. And, uh, so our hope is that, you know, we can push towards incentive-driven reform that does things like a, a benefit offset where folks can, those that have SFI, which many people maybe, if you're a child and you get on uh, sort of disability sub- income that helps support you, You know, there's a sliding scale, so we want SSDI to be similar to SSI in that regard.
2: Tony, let's take a quick break here, hear a word from our sponsor, Industries for the Blind and HP, and we'll be right back to continue our discussion. Right, Danielle?
0: Yep, you're listening to Blind Living Radio.
1: We'll be right back after a word from Industries for the Blind, Milwaukee, the official sponsor of Blind Living Radio. Blind Living Radio is supported by Industries for the Blind in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Creating employment opportunities for the blind and visually impaired from coast to coast. From Milwaukee, Wisconsin, this is Blind Living Radio from Industries for the Blind. Providing employment opportunities for blind professionals since 1952.
0: you are listening to blind living radio my name is danielle crapo in the studio with me are steve heaston and harley thomas hey guys
2: Hey. Hello, Danielle.
0: And on the phone, we are being joined by Tony Stevens from National Industries for the Blind. Welcome back, Tony. Thanks. So before the break, we were talking about the issues that NIB and NIB-affiliated agencies brought to Capitol Hill this year. And I just wanted to ask you a follow-up question to that. Why is it so important for NIB-affiliated agencies to send people to Capitol Hill?
4: Well, it's a lot of folks think that what goes on in Washington is you know, this this distant machine that that no one really has control over. Uh, You know, it's the kind of thing that you see it on news, and members of Congress sometimes almost have like a celebrity status, and it seems unreachable. The reality is that here I am, someone in Washington, that works day in, day out on coalitions and things like that. But, uh, you know, those of us that are in Washington don't nearly have the voice and the power of the voice that local constituents can have. So... You know, we work particularly with our policy forum, but we try to create year-round opportunities for our agencies to get in, engaged because it's important that folks remember that this is a democracy and it's it's actually not that difficult to have your voice heard in Washington. Folks will be surprised oftentimes how easy it is, a handwritten note or a, even a brailled note probably some text on top that the staff could read, oftentimes those those personal touches will get on the desk of your member of Congress, and you will get a response.
2: Tony, you made the two Um, blind people in the studio kind of both snicker about a Braille note with some writing on top, right, Steve? Yeah.
0: (laughs) Steve, have you (laughs) ever... Well, it helps for
4: them. You know, you want want them to know what it is you're writing, I guess, to some degree.
0: Right. Absolutely. Steve, have you ever written a Braille note?
3: To a member of Congress? Yeah. I have not, but that's an excellent idea. There you go. One that was brought up at the Advocates Leadership group
0: so. Yeah. so speaking of the advocates leadership group, guys, Tony, can you give us an overview of what that is?
4: Sure. And in a sense, and Steve is a veteran at, at coming into Washington and, and getting a chance to connect and network with the members of Congress and their staff. But what we wanted to do was we really found a need to empower the voices of those that, that are reached by the program. And to let them, since they're the ones being served by it, and oftentimes one's working to serve others – to let those individuals who are blind have an empowered voice themselves. And so the main goal is to give them the space. We have people coming in at all levels of where they are. Some know a lot about government, like Steve that's been up in Washington for many years. And others, you know, maybe had an interest or they love to be able to speak out to groups on behalf of their organization. You know, we give them a space where they can really craft their skills as an effective communicator. And It's not just about engaging your member of Congress or a local leader or Governor Walker or whoever it might be. But the idea is to really use this as an environment to challenge you and to test you to become an effective communicator. And that's a skill that you can use anywhere. If you're working in development for your organization, if you're working just in public outreach, or, you know, the idea is that everybody in an organization should be an advocate. And we all, in a sense, in this modern world of, like, customer service, we all, we all have a service to the end customer, which are the people who are blind that we reach, but then customers through Ability One, the right. federal government. And so, you know, there's a lot of types of customers. So I don't even like using the word customers, but we'll say audiences. And so the idea is to become an effective communicator, to, to be able to engage and, and challenge and, and effectively persuade all of those audiences.
0: So, Steve, are you excited to be a part of this year's class?
3: Oh, for sure. Even after all these years, there's so much more I can learn, and and now I'm in the position to share that as more of a quote-unquote forum to do that and to network with people from all over the country. Other blind people, it's a real shot in the arm to get that kind of uh, feedback and, and motivation, and this is something I really get excited about. So this just even... Makes me more excited.
0: Steve and Tony, I just wanted to thank both of you for being on the show. I know you guys are both very, very busy. So I just wanted to thank you very much for joining us today. And on behalf of Harley Thomas from the HP Studios, this is Danielle Crapo. We'll be back next week on Blind Living Radio.
2: Thank you, everyone. Guys, keep up the great work. Yeah, thank you. Thanks Thanks for having us. Our, Our pleasure. Have a great weekend.
1: Thank you. Blind Living Radio is proud to be supported by Industries for the Blind in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. To learn more about Industries for the Blind, go to IBMILW.com and find out how you can directly help support the blind community. Blind Living Radio is brought to you by HP ink and toner cartridges,
2: precision engineered to work together with your HP printer.